Welcome to the Normalizing Millions podcast. I'm a mama of two little girls, owner of a seven-figure and growing coaching company, and I'm your host, Taylor Lee. My mission is to normalize women making millions from work that feels absolutely effortless. Your work changes lives, and with my help getting it into the hands of more people, your life can radically change too. Just don't blink, because with the right tools and advice, all of which me and my incredible guests will share with you in each and every episode, it can change fast. All right, let's dive in to this week's episode. Oh my gosh, you guys, this might just be one of my favorite guests ever because she's a past client. She's a good friend of mine and she just really is the real deal. And I think if anyone can show you that the wildest things are possible for you and your business, it's Katie. So I'm so excited to share Katie Jones with you. She is a mom of five who built a million dollar coaching business in one year, selling one high ticket offer without sales calls. And she literally is the real deal. One offer, one million in one year. And that's what she teaches her clients how to do. And that's what we talk about in this episode. So I cannot wait selfishly to ask her some of these questions. I can't wait for you to get to hear them. So let's dive in. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to the Fully Free Podcast. I'm so excited to have Katie back on the show. I should have checked what episode number you were last time, but she, gosh, when do you think you were on last? Like a year ago? Probably like last summer. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So now you're back. A lot has stayed the same and a lot has changed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so I'm just so excited to share it with everyone. So anyway, hi, Katie. Thank you for being here. Um, for having me. I'm excited. Yes. Tell everyone, just in case they don't know who you are, just a little quick bit about who you are, what you do. All right. So I am a mom of five and I have a coaching business. So I help I'm a coach for coaches. You know, we all hate saying it, but I am. I'm a business coach for coaches. <laughs> and um, I help them automate their coaching programs, specifically high ticket programs, things like that. And I'm pretty obsessed with having one offer and just selling the living crap out of that. And that's what I've done. I've, I've really always stayed behind that. Uh, fell off the map a little bit earlier this year, and I tried to run two programs at once. Learned that that was not a good idea, <laughs> so I went back to one offer, and uh, here we are. So uh, the growth has been a little insane. Um, from and I've been working with Taylor from since the beginning of my days. So her lovely mindset expertise has helped me go from zero to. 30k a month with my online course business and then which I think is what I was at the last time I was on this podcast I was like oh yeah 30k and beyond (laughs) no I just pulled it up so people should listen to this so if you listen to this and you like it I think it'll be cool to listen to the first one and just like hear 
the difference and even some yeah. of the similarities, but that was September. It came out. We probably recorded a few months earlier, but it's episode 127 and it's called how she automated her biz for a six figure quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> six figure quarters to six figure months to six figure weeks. That's where we're at now. <laughs> And so. not even a year. Like that's insane. And I know when we recorded that episode, I mean, the reason we did was because that was su- such a huge deal at the time yeah. and such a huge deal for you. And like, we were so excited about that. And now it's kind of mind blowing how quickly, at least outside looking in, it has really compounded and scaled. Yeah. Yeah. I think the key is when you have a really good offer or something that you're just really passionate about that one thing. If you can stay really focused on selling it in the best way possible and not allowing the noise of like everyone else's shiny object syndrome strategies and other, all these other types of offers, you can see that type of growth if you just stay focused and like basically like eyes on the prize. And the reality is, is you can serve one person really well in one container, like, cause you can focus on making that container the best thing. And your entire team is behind you on that one thing that is so good versus you got a little bit of this and a little bit of that and, and you're all over the place. And then you're like waking up on the first of the month and you're like, well, shit, what do I, what am I going to sell? Like, how am I going to make money? (laughs) Yeah. That's one reason I love working with you and knowing you, but also having you on the show as well as some, I have a couple other clients I've had on the show who are totally different than the way you do business. And like, just to make it clear, I think that's the really cool thing is there's really no right way, but I think what you'll find is there's so much I want to talk about. I'm like, this, this is so things. but what you'll find is like, maybe what Katie's saying, you're like, man, I really resonate with that. And then there, there's your answer. Maybe you are a one offer kind of person or, or there's someone like me who likes to have a few, like not a million, but a few. And then I had another client on, it's probably, it feels like yesterday, but probably a year ago as well now who has way more offers than me. And like that works for her. And she has, she also sells a lot of like lower tickets. So Anyway, just to make that point clear, like there's lots of options. And I think what you got to pay attention to is not searching for what's the right way, but like what really resonates with me. And so I actually wanted to ask you that, like, obviously you believe that one offer is the way to go. You're going to sell everyone on that. I already know because it's just so good and dreamy, but it's perfect. But like truly when we get to the core of it, like how, why did you know that like one offer was right for you? Well, I, I will never forget. I was, I was in your program and I was watching, I was in your inner circle, which I think now is retired. Uh, But I was watching that first training on your, you, you just spoke with so much confidence. You're like, this is so, it's so easy to get to 20 K a month. Let me show you. And you get out your little whiteboard and you're like writing down the offers <laughs> and you're talking about like, you need three one-on-one clients or like whatever, like you had the breakdown and you had three options, which yeah. I think is a smart business 
strategy. I do. And I think that there are people that prefer to have multiple different offers. And I think, I don't think that I will forever be a one offer person. Maybe someday I kind of have this like mastermind in the back of my mind, you know, people in my program now are like, well, what's next? Like, here's my credit card again. What's next? So I'm trying to lean into what that thing is. So I don't know if I'll forever be that way, but I just, I just knew that like, I couldn't wake up every day dealing with what am I going to sell today? Like Mm -hmm. what feels good to me to sell? And I even tried it. I know a lot of what you coached me on in that inner circle was the temptation of doing something else. And you're like, Katie, you just did 20K last week or you just did 10K this week. Like just sell that thing. Like you can keep selling it. But I had this fear that like, oh my gosh, this one offer is going to dry up. No one's going to want it anymore. Like, what am I going to do? But I knew having five kids at the time I had four and now five, I'm like, I can't, like, I can only focus on this one thing and I need something that I can rely on. And I, for me, for some crazy reason, having one thing feels more reliable than having a bunch of things. I don't know why that is because you would think having options is reliable. But for me, it's like, if I can get the one thing to sell really well to where anyone who stumbles across it will buy it, then why don't I just do that? And I think it's because I put my energy into that, that it worked. Um, and that's really why it works for me, at least right now in this time of my life. So good. So what would you say? Cause I know if I was listening to this, this would be like what I would want to know. And <laughs> I feel like I already know and have the feeling it's not as drastic as probably a lot of people think, but like what changed or what did you do? Like, how did you have just even in the last year, if we're looking at a year ago, the podcast episode being a six figure quarter to now having six figure weeks and definitely multi six figure months, you know, my brain is like, what changed? Tell me everything. Like, but if you're reflecting on that, like what were the changes or the focuses or like, tell us, cause we all want to know. <laughs> so, uh, back at that time, I think we recorded that episode in April uh, of 2021. And I had, uh, I had my one program, the same program that took me to a million in a year. Um, and I was selling it at a lower price point. So I think it was like 3000. Um, I shortly after that episode, I ended up raising the price, uh, and I made it just more high end. Like I knew that, I don't know if any of you out there, like you have a course and your course is really good and people ask you questions in the Facebook group and you like are quick to respond. They message you on Instagram and you respond to their questions or like, oh my gosh, maybe you give them a one-on-one call. Please don't, but maybe you do, you know, like if you're already doing those things, you know, that you've got a course that's so good. It really shouldn't be a course price anymore. It should be more high level. And maybe that looks like being three grand or five grand or 20 grand, whatever, but a high ticket program. And it was when I changed it over to a high ticket program. And then I just kept running like a freight train with my funnel that I had built that it just became, it just took off at that month that I raised it. I had a 50 K month and then it was just, it was up and up 
from there definitely hit some like walls. It's not like it was all flowers. I hit some walls through the journey. Um, and there was a lot I had to learn at that time. I had no team members, zero people on my team. I was doing everything. So (laughs) it was rough. So crazy. I mean, I think, I think a big thing has just been like really, and maybe, maybe that's the thing too, is it's not necessarily like only ever have one offer in your business and that's it forever. Cause I think that's where people feel so like put in a box and limited. Cause even as like, you're saying, like, as you've grown and evolved, so has the offer and a new offer and maybe a new offer in the future. And then maybe some things will be retired. I mean, that's what it feels like with the inner circle. It's like, I retired it and not because I'm going to a one offer business, but right now my head is focused on just one offer. You know what I mean? And it is uncomfortable. Actually, it sounds like I've gotten caught in this trap so many times where it's like, okay, because I am techie, I am strategic, build a funnel with a great program at the end, run ads to it, scale it, never lift another finger again. It's going to be so easy, rainbows and butterflies. And it's not, and there's a lot of temptations that come up. So I'd like to hear that from you. Like, I mean, what are your thoughts? Because I call it mastery, right? Like really choosing to master something in your business. That's obviously what you've done with your offer. And that's the great thing about having one offer, at least putting your focus on one. I mean, just like, what has the journey of mastery been like for you so far? The good side, the, the uncomfortable side, all of it. Well, it's interesting because I've definitely like, I've fallen off the wagon a few times. I've launched you know, masterclasses, like small, I mean, you're the biggest temptation, Taylor, when you launch a masterclass and you sell like 200 spots, I'm like, damn, like, I'm going to do that, do that. (laughs) And, but it's so crazy because I think that was just part of your, your destiny and your plan. And I don't think it was part of mine because every time I launched a masterclass, it would, I would make like Twelve hundred dollars. I'm like, what is this? Like, what can I do with this? I should have just put that, you know, whatever that energy into selling the thing that already sold last week and just sold another one, and I'd make ten times more, you know. And so I've definitely been tempted uh, a lot to have other offers, and it was uncomfortable. But one thing that I have mastered that I think makes me really different in being a high ticket coach in this space is. I sell my one thing, but I have found three different ways to sell it so that it makes me feel like I'm selling more than one thing. And it makes you feel like you are appealing to multiple different markets. So you've got your, you know, your lower end market that can't afford your big price. Then you've got your regular market that maybe can afford half of your regular price. And then you have people that afford your regular price, but you're always leading with the flagship because that is the best way to support them. It's the best way to get them help. But then you have options for people who can't. And for every big ticket item I sell, I sell a down sell. I sell a lower ticket, but it's all the same it's all the same thing. So you create that really good course that you can put your whole, your whole heart into, and you just package it up in different ways and you advertise it to the only the people that need it. And that's one strategic thing that has really helped me. And then, you know, when you think about, you're going to see it now, you know, you're, you're moving into the one offer thing. 
when you sell a $10,000 package, right? Or whatever, 15,000, whatever. Then you, you think about, okay, I'm going to do this course launch and I'm going to make, I usually make like 30, right? And how many times do I have to talk about it online? How many posts do I have to do? How much stuff do I have to do, right? And then you're like, well, I'll just go sell three spots in my program instead. And I'll make the same, right? In a, especially when you have a, your funnel is already up and running. It's like, I don't even have to do any work at all to do that, you know? So that kind of always helps me. It's like when I think about, oh, should I launch a mastermind? Oh, this mastermind, 10 spots, 10K, make a hundred grand. Nah, like it's, it's for the, the amount of money you make for the effort that you would have to put into it especially if you don't have a team to take care of everything else to take care of what you already sold and are still delivering on it's tough. So, but I do think there's a time and place for everything. I think certain people you need to have multiple offers so you can find the one that's your favorite and the one you really do love, but not everyone's going to love a high ticket group program. Maybe you want, you know, something else, but you kind of have to try them all out to see what you like. I love what you said earlier too. Like, so if it's not clear, you're selling high ticket, Mm -hmm. you're pretty much focused on just a high ticket offer. I like that you shared that you have like down sell option, back pocket offers. That's my style. Don't say no to money. Mm -hmm. Um, which I love hearing too. Cause it's like, sometimes when you hear one offer, it sounds like this, like now you're in this like strict, you know, like you're not allowed to do anything else or you're a failure. It's like, no, but you're kind of keeping it in your back pocket. You're not like, Hey guys, here's a million options. You're like, let me really sell you on wanting this. But if it's not quite, you're not quite ready for it. I have something that'll get you started and you can still make the sale and you can still help the person. So love that. Cause I, it feels a little like breaking the rules. And the other thing that really resonates for me is if you are if you've been coaching for a long time, which is like me, like I'm just, a co- I have to coach like as, as shiny and nice as it sounds to just have a, have a passive course. I cannot not answer someone's question. I'm going to answer the question. I'm a coach. That's what I do. I like, I actually like that part of my job truly. Um, or if you're just like a big helper and you, like you said, you're answering messages, you're answering comments. Like that's not actually a thousand dollar course or I mean, some people are doing that for $300 offers, $500 offers. Like that is not a low ticket offer. That is a high ticket offer with a teeny tiny price tag on it. Like you're just undercharging. And I think that's, what's really cool about what you've done is that you have just packaged it up in a way where it's totally worth every penny and more you can charge that high ticket. And now when you're over giving, you're not ripping yourself off. (laughs) You're not undercharging, you're charging perfectly. So, um, I love it. Oh my God. I had like a million questions come to my mind that I want to ask. I don't even know the right order to ask, but, um, so you're selling a high ticket group group program, which I, I like, I like masterminds. I like group programs, but here's something that I notice. not that I've ever been guilty of this, but sarcasm in this industry, a lot of the coaches are giving a lot, like boxer all day, every day, private calls and group calls around the clock support. They're lacking boundaries. And it feels when you do the math on what you're making and how many sales you're making, it's like, how do you handle that many clients? 
Like, I think that would be so interesting to hear your, your perspective on. Cause I think that you've done things in a great way where it doesn't seem like it's a huge deal. Yeah. Currently we have about 210 active clients, uh, and across both programs, we have retired our, my program I built in 2021. Um, but my other one, we launched that in January and it's got about 70 clients in it <laughs> right now. So it's kind of one of these things where you, if you commit, you know, you're going to, you have a, a program and let's just say like, you don't even, you're going to have multiple offers. Cool. But you still want a high ticket group program that you're bringing people into rolling enrollment all the time. It's a, you build on it as you go. So when I launched it, I, I pre-sold this program and I didn't put a lot of expectation on myself that I was going to give, give, give all of this stuff. Right. I told them, you know, I'd give them the group calls and we were going to record the, the program together. So they were going to be on live and ask me questions, all of that. And I really added on to it as I saw that there was a need. And I think a big problem people have is they're like, I'm going to give you everything right away. And then it's like, whoa, I can't do that anymore. Right. And I did that. I, I partially made that mistake with my other program. And you remember when I gave them content audits. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was personally reviewing their sales pages, their webinar outlines, like their Facebook ads. I was looking at everything and I'll never forget being in Taylor's mastermind. And I was like, Taylor, I just did 25 content audits. Like, I don't know what to do because I told them that I would be the one doing them and I can't do them anymore. And they're going to be mad at me. And because the program kept growing, clients kept coming in. So the content audits, the submission list just kept growing. And I told him it would be me. And what I realize now is that you just don't ever tell them that it'll definitely always be you doing something in your program and go in with the mindset. This is like, honestly, though, the hardest thing I think for anyone ever is realizing that your clients don't just have to have you to coach them. And you are actually like one of the worst people to coach them on everything. <laughs> because yeah. if you think about you as a CEO, I mean, and this is for people that truly you want six figure months, like this is the tea, this is the real stuff. You are the little tiny slab of butter in the tub and you just made a piece of toast. It's like late at night, your kids are in bed. You're like, I'm gonna tear this toast up. And you go and you get the butter, right? And you, you realize you're like, what? There's just a little tiny, little, little, little tiny bit left. And so you try and spread the butter across the toast. Come on, we've all done it. You are the butter. And so there's just no way that you can serve these clients this way. And you have to outsource certain things. And it starts with the things that maybe you just really hate or are tired of. I loved doing content audits, but I was burnt out, like burnt out from them. And so I hired a copywriter and she had been doing copywriting since I was six years old. So I was like, hey, you know more than me. And I made a training in my program and I was like, look, guys, here's why I'm doing this. Like, it's not because I don't care. It's whatever. Like it's because you guys will be supported better. And then I just watched that copywriter like a hawk. And I made sure that we were getting positive feedback from her. 
And then it just like, it spirals from there. So you reach a certain level of clients where you start to get questions, you know, over and over and you're like, okay, I'm, I can't handle answering that question one more time, time for another coach. And for my program, because it's a business, you know, I have an ads coach, a messaging coach, you know, a tech coach, all of that. But for your, if you don't, if you're not in the money-making space, maybe you have something else and you won't need to have specialty coaches, but that's how it works for me. And so now I'm like, bring it on, bring it all on. Give me all the clients because we have a whole system where they know who they're supporting and what they're doing. And, you know, my coaches are great. And it really started with that one copywriter. And then it just, it was just, as you make more, you bring on more. You don't need to have this big fat team waiting to open your program. You could do it by yourself. You get to 20 clients. You're like, Ugh, it's too much. <laughs> and yeah. then you just bring on, bring on people. It's, it's not as hard as it seems, but I am the most stubborn person when it comes to hiring. So. And it's exciting for them, right? Like it's, it's under promising over delivering in a way. Like, I think it needs to be so clear. You do not need to have all that if you're starting a new program or if you have 10 or even maybe 20 clients, it's so unnecessary. But once you hit that point and you bring in a, another resource, no one's going to be upset about that. They're going to be like, wait, it's like, I just think about it. You have all those resources in your program, whatever they're paying, like a $10,000 people pay that to one coach who is, we're all limited. Like you have limited knowledge. I have limited knowledge. We both have limited capacity. It doesn't matter how great of a coach you are. We all are just a human and people are paying 10, 20, 30 grand left and right to singular coaches all the time. Well, now there's spaces where you can join and you get access to like all types of experts and resources where if you would have added up how much you would have had to, cause you're, you're paying for those coaches to coach yeah. your clients. Like if they had to pay for all those coaches out of pocket, it's impossible. And so it's really, it's actually really cool when you open your mind to that. And I know I was so stubborn on that. Like, I can't do that. I, it's not going to be valuable. It's, it's so like, it's limited thinking it's ego. And it's not like you are not supporting the clients ever. It's just that now they have all these other resources as well. And you get to do the part that you enjoy and that you're really good at. Yeah. And I think the problem with the coaching thing, like having co-coaches or assistant coaches is a lot of programs in the industry have given it a bad rap because some people, you know, did just hire someone straight out of high school and they're like, Hey, you want to be a coach? You want to work from home, whatever. Um, and I think that you get to decide to make it different for your program. You don't have to do it the way everyone else did you. If you take everything that you've gathered out of somebody else's program that you did not like and decide, I'm not going to do it that way. And so for me, I've been in programs like that. And I'm like, I'm going to hire someone who isn't like that. And they have to pass like the test. I mean, I have to feel like I could be best friends with them. And if I can't like they're no, they're out. And it's a zero tolerance policy, you know, for your for your program. If your coaches do anything wrong, they're done. Like, it's not something that you can, you don't have to keep them around forever and give them all these chances. Um, you really have, you get to have high standards for the way you treat your clients. And there are people out there who think you walk on water and they want to be a part of your journey. They're really, they really are. It's kind of crazy. Cause I never thought that I was like, nobody is going to want to work for me. I am a pain in the ass. Nobody wants to work for me. <laughs> 
yeah I mean we have 13 people on the team now so oh my gosh that's awesome that's so exciting and awesome for your clients too yeah so we are here to talk about the good the bad the ugly I know that when I listen to content that's about six-figure months multi-six-figure months it's very it's good. It's just airy fairy. It's like butterflies and rainbows. Ellen, and you're the dream, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you and I both know that like, and everyone knows, because I think the number one thing stopping people, the people who are like willing to work, willing to show up, it's, they know what's on the other side of it. It's amazing. But they also know along the way, there's trolls, haters, team issues. You and I had a private conversation 10, 15 grand wasted here and there, no big deal. (laughs) This stuff happens and it's not fun, but you can't avoid it. I think you and I could both agree on that. It's like, there's going to be some things that happen that are just not rainbows and butterflies. And so I think it would be a really cool time to kind of share some of that and not to make everyone feel like, oh my God, this sounds like horrifying and like it sucks, but to show that like it, it, maybe it's not as big of a deal as we think it's going to be. And that it's worth it. So I don't know, like what are one or two things on this journey that maybe either you didn't expect or maybe you did, but you really didn't want it to happen. And then it did like, what are, what's some of like the ugly side of scaling your business? Yeah, I, I can totally relate to with what you said about, I think when you think of, I mean, for the longest time, I was like, I don't want six figure months. No way. Cause I don't want to have a team and like, I don't want to have to fire someone. I don't want to, you know, deal with trolls. Like, yeah, I don't want to pay that much in taxes. What? Like, I'm not, you're not even thinking Kate, come on. Like (laughs) you're paying that much because you're making that much, but you know, like all these things that we think about and as you're growing your your coaching business you reach those points where these ugly things happen and you have the decision you're like at the crossroads and you're like okay you can either stay where you are go back down or you can rise above it and push through it and see it as a well you know you made it when (laughs) like you know when you get continuously duplicated. I think that that was one of the hardest things for me. The trolls. I mean, if you guys want a good laugh, you can look up my Facebook ads that they're, they're just horrific. It's, I mean, they pick on everything under the sun. My also when I look at them and luckily I don't, I don't usually see the hate ones, but I, I also always see people and they're hyping you up, but isn't it so much harder to really feel the love from those comments when you have some a-hole being so rude, even just, you could have 10 comments like, Katie's the best, she's amazing, she's changed my life. Like, and then you have one person that says, you're, you're obviously a liar and a scammer because of what shirt you're wearing. <laughs> like something stupid and you're like all in your head about that. Yeah, yeah, uh, it is. It's the negativity seems like it always outweighs the positivity. And I love people who come to my defense and I, and I get such a a laugh out of seeing people that don't even know me will start arguing with the troll. I'm like, Oh my God, like you're taking time out of your day to just like beat them off with a stick. It's so nice. And, uh, I think that it's hard. And I think for me, the best way to describe it is it's like everything you ever 
you were ever picked on as a child in elementary school, a troll will say to you when you reach six figure months. <laughs> and I think that it's, it's kind of takes you back into that place where you want to be, you know, call them a butthead, like, cause you're so angry at them, but remembering that, you know, who are these people? You know, like they're not happy, obviously. And you have the choice to either respond or delete and block and get it out of your site if you want. I keep them around and I engage a little bit, but that's because I'm an Enneagram eight and, and I like a little battle here and there, you know, um, take it off of my husband's plate every now and then I'll just battle with some trolls, you know. Uh, oh my God, literally. Uh, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like you're getting a break <laughs> um but it's that's one of the hardest things is yeah. dealing with that I mean sometimes you do question you know is what they said true um and you always have to like bring your no obviously not true like you're not ugly you're not fat you know and and they the latest one was they picked on the way my kids look and I was like oh that was low <laughs> like you're you're triggering my mama bear but at the end of the day it's worth it like these troll comments who are they you are living so much better of a life because you chose to put yourself out there like that and they they aren't it's sad for them but they really aren't um so I was I didn't expect as much hate as I got but it gets, it, it gets a little worse the more I scale. Um, but it's always worth it to me. I'm like, I'll take trolls and have millions. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's what I've learned is so important is you can't kind of like what you were saying. My perspective is like how silly to stop myself from going for my full potential over something like what a stranger on the internet thinks, or even let's be real, someone in your family. Cause you're going to, the fact is, is like, whether you're scaling ads and you're getting trolls or you're just a regular life person living the most basic, just like everyone, like everyone else's life ever, you have haters. There's, oh, I, I think that's just something I've had to accept is like, not only will people maybe talk about you, people are talking about you right now. Get over it. Do what you want to do with your life because it's just the silliest thing to, to hold yourself back over. And you know, you kind of mentioned like taxes. I had that same thing when I had my first like quarter of like six figure months and I had to pay that first, that quarter's tax bill. And I was like, my immediate reaction was like, this isn't worth it. Like I don't want it anymore. But then I literally had to build a spreadsheet and like, look at the difference between 20 to 50 K months and hundred K months and what I'm paying out for team and tax. And when I looked at it, the bottom line of what I got to take home was way, way, way more, even though, yes, the tax bill was not pretty, but exactly. You're paying that because you are making a lot more money and you're taking home a lot more money. So is it a, a lot of people are like, I paid my taxes so happily. I've, I've been working on that, but like, no, never. You can, you can begrudgedly pay your taxes. <laughs> it's fine, but don't <laughs> let the fear of taxes or trolls or getting copied or having to hire a team stop you because all of those things, while they do come with struggles are good and they're worth it. Like you said. And so, I mean, I think that's something that if you don't have a solid vision 
in place for like why you're doing this, it's going to be really hard because this stuff that comes up is going to seem not worth it. But if you have this beautiful vision in mind, it seems worth it. And I don't know, I I want you to kind of take over on this, but I know I struggled a lot trying to get there through ego. And like, I just, I don't know what it is about me, but like, I'm going to be real with you guys. Like I wanted 50 K months to brag about them. I wanted hundred K months to brag about them outside looking in. I feel like you've always been really connected to your vision. I don't know if that's true. I feel like at least since I've seen you actually accomplishing it, you have been, and it's not been ego. You've been like, I'm going to do this damn thing for my family. And that's what had to shift for me too. But I mean, what do you think? What's your perspective on that? And I'd love to hear just a little bit about that story. Yeah. So I, I mean, my, my favorite toy as a kid was a cash register. So like we knew (laughs) I was going to, we knew, we just knew I was going to do something with money. Okay. (laughs) I still have that cash register to this day. And I let the kids play with it when they get too rough. I'm like, Hey, Hey, ease up over there. That's my toy. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, I think that I wanted, like, I wanted this online business, what everybody sold you, right? We were all sold a dream in some way to, and we got inspired to get into it and I wanted it and I wanted to be wealthy. And I, I wanted to be here for my kids because I have just one shot at this you know, my kids have one childhood and I have five of them under 10. Uh, and I knew I was like, it has to happen now. And I mean, we came, we were wedding photographers. So like working every weekend and then trying to book weddings, hustling every week. It was, it was rough. And I knew that I wanted more freedom, but I also knew that I had to do it in a way where I was happy. And I think now that I'm scaling, and I'm reaching this multiple six-figure range. I'm starting to, you know, explore these other, these coaches who are at, you know, eight figures and whatever. And a lot of times what, what they've said to me is, well, you just have to be less emotional about your business and about your clients because that's how you're going to scale. And the rebellion in me is like, no, yeah. uh-uh. just like I've rebelled against everything else. I just don't think that I can run a business from that standpoint. And so whenever I, you know, set these new goals, like I want hundred K month, I want a 100 K month, but I want to do it in a way to where I can sleep at night. And I know that I made that money and that people are getting results. And then I did something that I like doing that. I was happy because so many people talk about, Oh, I had a 50 K launch and they, like they hated every second of it or they were just miserable or whatever, or they sold something that they don't really love or, or whatever it is, you know? And I wanted to, I want to be able to walk with that integrity that I'm selling something I love and I'm making a lot of money doing it. And I know that causes me sometimes to make a little hasty decisions, which I know you've helped me with. <laughs> where I'm like, I don't want to sell this program anymore. I want to shut it off right now. <laughs> it's a million dollar revenue stream and I want to turn it off. <laughs> and I've had to like reel myself in a little bit, like, no, no, like it's not just about you anymore. It's about your whole team. But I have always tried to follow what makes me happy. And because I know at the end of the day, like a lot of people get rich in the online space, but you, if you can see the ones that close their business down, 
usually because they got in and got out and they, you know, not all of them, but some of them, and they weren't really happy anymore. And so maybe that'll cause me to sell a new offer every year and just completely hard left, but I'll do it. If, and, and I want to be rich and really happy at the same time. So that's my mission. I love that so much. There's one more thing I want to talk about that I don't want to leave out. We're kind of saving it for last, even though it probably should in the beginning to make sure as many people hear this conversation as possible. And that is audience growth, getting in front of people, because this is a conversation and you should see like, (laughs) I don't know what's gotten into me. I'm actually enjoying reels. Now, granted, this has been like a week long endeavor. So it'll probably last another week. I've got like six drafts and I don't know, (laughs) I'm like here for it. But um, a lot of them are about audience growth because mm-hmm. it's just like, it is literally the front of your business. Like you've got to grow an audience, nurture an audience and sell. Everyone wants to focus on selling, maybe nurturing too. Like we'll pump out reels and posts and emails all day, but we're never, I just, I think that's such a huge gap. And even it's a huge gap in, in coaching programs and with like people I don't know. I, I have a lot of thoughts. I could, I need to record my own like five episode series on this. Cause I can <laughs> just go off on it. I don't think it's as hard as people think it is, but it's also being skipped over. And I mean, you tell us, but I, I know that that has been what's been different about your journey than other clients I've worked with peers that I've gotten to connect with. Like people are so focused on the tail end of their business, the sale, sell, 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 sell eventually it starts to cap or worse, slow down because there's no front end audience growth. Mm-hmm. Take it away. Cause <laughs> you're the one that really knows what she's talking about with that topic. Yeah. I mean, I, the biggest reason for having such big leaps. So, you know, the hundred K quarter to hundred K month to hundred K week that has come from the audience growth. That's because there's new people in my world every day. Um, I think I started this year off 2022 with maybe 12 or 13,000 on my email list. I now have 25,000. So it's like every time I sell, I've got like a whole line out the door waiting. And for me, I don't, I don't do any live launches or, um, I don't do any like sales calls or I don't do anything like that. I don't do reels. (laughs) (laughs) I can't, I can't, I just, I'm not a good dancer and I'm not really a good actor either. So I can't really, I don't know. I never know what to say. And I feel like they take me too long. So I, um, I don't do really any of that just because it, it didn't fall in line with what I loved doing. And it was slow for me. It's just very slow. So I am a big believer in ads, Instagram ads, Facebook ads, all the things. Um, and that's a big part of what I help people do is, is you know, master those ads. And it's really a, a personality thing and a preference thing. You can either go slower and organically grow your audience or you can go faster and pay to play. And the reality is, is while social media is still working, it's obviously, I mean, you're one of the only coaches I know that's gotten to six figure months without a bunch of ads, 
but I do also think that probably came from you had invested some in the previous years. Um, but almost every single seven figure earner runs ads. There's a very slim, small pond of people who don't. And those ones like teach me your ways, but <laughs> there's always something you give up for the other thing. So if you, you know, you don't want to pay for traffic, you want to organically grow your audience. Okay. Then you're going to have to do more content and the content has to be good and you need to stay consistent. And you might have to sell more than one offer because they're going to get sick of seeing that same offer over and over. And if you want to pay to play, you know, you want to invest, well, you can say goodbye to all of that stuff, but you are going to have to pay. You have to put it into your budget. But for me, when I look at like, you know, everybody talks about, I'm sure all of you are getting ads about real estate investing or you know, stock market or crypto. Oh my gosh. What even is that? Like all of that stuff. Right. And so they all want you to invest money, right. Put money into those things. When I think about what, is, where's the best place to put my money for the biggest ROI it's ads. Like I could put it into a property and I, it's so crazy because I even like, I'm, I've been considering flipping some houses and I'm like, okay, I put this in and I'll do all this work, fix it all up and I'll make 30 grand. I'm like, 30 grand? I could put $250,000 into my ads and make like a million dollars. So like, why would I, why would I do that? You know, and it just takes me more time. And so for me, the ads have always been my thing. Um, I think that they've gotten a bad rap sometimes, especially with iOS and working with the wrong person <laughs> to run your ads. <laughs> um, you know, there's that as well, but that we, we've all been burnt in that way, I think. Um, but I think that it's up to what you want, but it has to be the number one thing. Grow your audience, audience growth and messaging. If you have those two together, you have it all. So I 100% agree. I think what people don't realize now I have not scaled my ads like you have. I'm trying to get like you on that level, but this stuff will probably sound small to you, but like what people don't see is like, we've spent like 200 grand on ads in, in seven years of my business, right? Some years we've spent a, a, a bigger chunk of that. Some years we've like my first million dollar year, we spent like maybe a thousand or two on ads. Like, so the thing is, is I feel like I have a little bit more enjoyment with the social media side than you do. Yeah. So I like lean into one and then I lean into the other. So I feel like I have lots of ebbs and flows in my business in that way, which is different. But that's the thing is like, sometimes you don't see that side of someone's business. And it's like, I was investing ads before I even like, <laughs> I tried to run like Black Friday ads to a cold traffic to like build people's websites before I even had a business. Like I was just like, Black Friday, I didn't realize I could make money on Black Friday. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was a freelancer. Like, I'm like, hire me. It didn't work. But this is the other thing I want to say is no one who is successful with ads has not experienced unsuccessful ads. And that is what gets people. And it's even gotten me before where, I mean, no offense, you guys, but this is what kills me is when someone's like, I wasted like, I mean, I've heard $20, $200, $2,000. I'm 
I'm like, I don't think you've really made it unless you've wasted 20 or $30,000 on ads. Like you're going to have wasted ad money, but it's so funny that you're saying that because that's the conversation that people aren't having about, um, the ROI you can have with them. Because when I did, it was before Lucy was born we did like some funnel to something and it converted at like 8%. I forget what the exact ROI on it was. And um, I'm like talking to Frankie about it and he's watching all this stuff. Like you're saying like about real estate and stocks and whatever. And again, I forget exactly what the ROI was, but he's like, he's like, you should be doing that all day. Like that's on, that's an, un- you can't get that ROI literally anywhere else. Yeah. And people want to mock it and whatever, but it's like, I don't know. Like I've had, I've seen, um, when I was doing done for you services and I was running ads, why don't I run more for myself? Something we may never know, but I remember I had a client, so I'm not suggesting this, but I had a few clients who would take money that they had saved for a home or for taxes. Again, I'm not suggesting doing this, but what I will say is that they are now multi, multi million dollar businesses because they had a hundred grand and they dumped it all into ads. And from there, it was just the scaling game. And that's, you don't have to have that to get started. I know that you didn't have that when you got started, <laughs> but I'm just saying like, there's things like that where people are like, oh, I don't want to, I, I've been triggered by that. Like, oh gosh, yeah, but she's spending not, not about you, but just in general, like, yeah, but they're spending so much on ads, so much on team. It's yeah. like, and they're making a lot more money than you including profit, not just revenue. Cause that's not really what matters, but anyway, I could go all day and you don't have to grow your audience with Facebook ads, but you need to grow your audience people. It it has to be a thing. Like it's not going to, <laughs> it's not going to be fun down the line. If audience growth, isn't a big thing. And the thing like with ads is like, yeah, start with $10 a day and go up from there. Like when you feel comfortable that you reach these same way we reach edges with our income goals. Like I want a 20 K month. There was a time where 20 K was like unheard of. Like, why would anybody want that much? Right. And hundred K and 200 K and 300 K, whatever. It's the same thing with ads. Like there was a time where I was like, Oh my God, a hundred dollars a day. Oh, I feel like Hollywood. And now I'm like a hundred dollars. Isn't going to get me anywhere. Like it just feels that way because I'm so used to it. But I think it's, it really comes down to what you really want. If you, you know, it doesn't have to be what everyone says. And really I'll shock you. And maybe I said this in my last episode with you, but they're really not as hard as people make them seem like people who try to scare you and tell you that they're so hard, really just want to you to buy from them. (laughs) They're really not that hard or like hire them to do done for you. They're really not that bad. And for me, when I think about, yeah, investing, where am I going to put it? You know, when we went to Florida in April for three weeks, I spent a lot in ads, but I also made a lot. (laughs) And now for those of you who want to know, I know you want to know, well, what, what is scaling? Currently I'm spending 5,000 a day profitably. So for every 5k I put in, I make 20 to 25k out. And, and quickly, I think that's even the crazy. But yeah. Every week, every five days, it's not every like five you're, days yeah. you're five Xing your money. You will not do that anywhere else. No, no, nowhere. And you nowhere can't, else. It's, it's impossible. You can't. And then 
What's really cool is I don't know if Stripe will have this forever, but I will share it. There's this um, loan. If, if you start making a lot of money with your Stripe account, Stripe will give you a loan and you basically can take that loan and use it to scale your ads, right? And you pay Stripe back only as you earn. So if you don't earn money, you don't pay them back yet. They give you a window of time. And I think it's dependent on how much you make, but I got one of those and I actually used it to give me a cushion to go to that 5k a day so that I felt good about seeing that leave my door every day. You're like, Oh my gosh, if this goes down the tubes, like that's a lot of money to lose. Yeah. But you only need like that when you want to like do it. I mean, I, I, I went from 2000 a day to 5,000. I went a little psycho. You don't have to do that. But I was like, balls to the wall, let's go. Like, you know how I am with ads. Like, it just, <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm, I'm doing it. I just want to see how far I can push it just for fun. Why not? Um, I'm like playing the slot machine all day. Like, this is my machine. <laughs> so I, I have a, I had this cushion and it, it was, it was like, yeah, okay, now I feel safe. Like I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And now it's like that loan paid up, paid it off in 60 days. Like whatever, bye, you know, but it's great. It's, it's great. Ads are my fave, but I know everyone has their preference. Yeah. But you got to find something like you something. there are people who are great at doing like PR things, getting on great podcasts and getting featured and like, cool lean into that, especially if you have a background in that or a background in speaking, or then maybe that's more for you. But I feel like you and I both have a background in kind of like strategy tech. We kind of naturally have leaned that way. So it works great for us, but there's, there's also like this little secret and not all, but like there are some of these amazing, but woo woo spiritual, energetic Queens who are all up in those ads. Don't let them fool you. And again, not all, and it's a good thing. It's awesome. But um, you don't have to be, sometimes I think people think like, if I don't look like this, I don't have this type of brain, I can't do it. And I love that you said, like, it's not as hard as people think. Um, yeah. and can I just say one thing that I was talking with someone else, a different peer that like, really, I think I said it in another episode, but it's really stuck with me is how there are so many people who are willing to invest so much money and I'm, I'll invest in coaches. I am a coach, like they'll invest so much money in a coach. But when it comes to bringing in support in their programs, hi- hiring a team, running ads, they, they take so much pride in not doing any of that. When yes, a coach is really, really helpful, especially at certain points, but like, there's only so much the coach can do for you. And really they can't do anything for you except hold space, which is so valuable, but like it says other things. And so I'm glad we got to talk about that. Cause I feel like that's that real talk of what really scales a successful company that people might be avoiding. Maybe it's time to play with those edges. Like you said, and start, start going there, start putting some money in those, those places. So yeah. anyway, so good. We could talk all day. I feel like about this yeah. stuff, but <laughs> like, we have five hours. Um, thank you so much for sharing all of this. I'm so glad we got to bring you back on. Where can the people who are like, oh my gosh, this is a dream come true. This is exactly what I've been needing to hear it. They want to learn more from you. Feel free to send them to your, your mini course, one of your, your funnels, if you'd like, like where can they keep learning from you? Yeah. So I have a cold to sold mini course. It's free and basically teaches you how to get clients who are cold and 
make them go to sold in five days five days or less it is my it is this this whole thing that we've talked about today is is that's what it is taking that one offer in like running traffic to it and most importantly doing it profitably because literally if you're not profitable in your business there's zero point so I'm a big profit like profit monster over here like (laughs) gotta have the profit y'all so it's it's pretty cool yeah amazing okay cool well we will link that in the show notes that you guys can grab it thank you Katie for hanging out today and sharing all of this you're welcome this was fun thank you yeah all right bye guys Hey, if you love this week's episode, can you do me two quick favors? Number one, take a screenshot of the podcast app you're listening on right now, or take a photo of where you're listening to the podcast at, post it on your stories and tag me. I'm at underscore the Taylor Lee. First of all, I'm going to squeal in excitement to hear from you, and I will even share it with my audience. Number two, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, can you take a second and leave a quick five-star review? These two things mean the absolute world to me. They make my day. And honestly, as a podcast creator, these are the two things that you can do to help me get my message in front of even more people. Thank you so much. And I cannot wait to talk with you in next week's episode. 